Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Hello, I'm Phil Preston. I'm the founder of the Business Purpose Project, the author of the book Connecting Profit with Purpose, and I'm a speaker on how purpose is redefining business. So it's great to be with you to talk about purpose, because there's a lot of purpose in those uh, titles that I just gave you. The trend of purpose, though, in business is extremely fast. So it begs the question, what is it really all about? Is purpose the same as ESG, for example? Um, and what does it mean for you? Now, it's fair to say, is, is the pandemic driving this and making it a more urgent thing? Well, yes, sort of. Um, or is it about climate change? I'd say yes, well, sort of. Um, but the trend was really there anyway. These are, these are things that are just amplifying the trend. And it has some pretty major consequences, I think, for the governance risk and potentially compliance areas that companies are not fully appreciating today. So over the next 15 minutes or so, I just want to unpack the trend and help you respond. So we're going to look at what is purpose, just make sure we're all talking about the same thing. Just compare ESG and purpose, are they the same or different? Talk about the urgency of the trend briefly, talk about the big shift that's going on, and then I want to look at five implications for global risk and compliance professionals. Now, I'm not a governance expert, but I think I can pull together um, the key risks. I'll let you do the interpretation. I'm just going to help you draw you towards what those key risks are. So question number one, what is corporate purpose? There's a lot of inconsistent definitions out there, and I phrase it as being the benefit to society that a company brings. So it's not an activity. If we think about a car dealership as a simple example, the activity would be selling cars, whereas the purpose of the dealership would be a deeper question. So it could be, for example, about connecting families with safe and reliable transport solutions, because that would be the end benefit. So purpose is that benefit to society that a company or organization creates. If we think about banking, for example, there's a lot of activities that go on there. There's transactions, um, it's helping people manage their savings, uh, providing them with borrowings, but the purpose is a little bit different to those activities. ANZ, for example, has a purpose of shaping a world where people and communities thrive. So that's talking about an end benefit. The CBA is uh, to improve the financial well-being of our customers and communities. Again, phrased, uh, framed nicely as a benefit to society. And in fact, you could argue those two purpose statements, although they use different words, they're pretty similar in their in intent. And that's okay because those firms are competing on their ability to deliver that purpose in the most efficient and effective and innovative way. So in terms of governance, there's commentary in the ASX corporate governance principles that I've looked at, which says the board is responsible for defining the entity's purpose. And this raises some bigger issues that I wanna to come to later on. Because a lot of firms might be thinking, well, we just get our purpose statement right, and then we're good. Um, however, that's only really the starting point. Implementation is everything. And that's always the way in everything we do. So the second topic to address is ESG and purpose because I hear these words used quite interchangeably, and they're not quite the same thing. They certainly complement each other, but they're not the same. So we know ESG stands for environmental, social, and governance risk factors. So investors always wanna know what those risk factors are when they're analyzing a company and its prospects. So for Telstra, uh, it might be about 
demographic trends, um, social media, there might be regulatory risks, issues around connectivity, reach or access to services, they would all come up in the ESG sphere. But the purpose for Telstra is quite a different thing. It's the reason why it exists. It's, as I mentioned before, the benefit it brings to society in a profitable way. And for Telstra, they frame their purpose as building a connected future so everyone can thrive. So ESG is really talking about risk factors, but purpose is talking about what that company is trying to achieve for society. So they're connected, but they're different. So it's not just about risk, purpose is also about opportunity. ESG reporting is something that you'll be doing and it's a great start. It'll be useful in the purpose conversation, but there's a lot more to be thinking about. Okay, issue um, number three, urgency. I don't want to sort of recap the problems of the world here because I'm probably preaching to the converted these days. Um, the pandemic though has reminded us in a very timely way that business and society are interdependent. We're not independent beings, we're not sitting in different silos. What happens in business impacts society and vice versa. Climate change is certainly the big ticking time bomb that's getting a lot of focus for good reason. It, it threatens our very existence. Interestingly, when we look at some of the research literature, um, Sir Ronald Cohen and George Seraphim recently came out with some analysis that showed if carbon was actually priced uh, commercially in terms of the companies uh, were, were priced for the carbon um, that they uh, were using or the emissions they were creating, then that would wipe out the entire earnings of 15% of companies globally. So 15% of companies would be making no profit if carbon was priced correctly. So we can tell from that that that's an unsustainable practice, clearly. The investor community is picking up on this and other issues. We've had Larry Fink of um, BlackRock come out and make statements about it in past years. We're now getting into, I guess, some reporting areas around impact-weighted impact accounts. So that's something that will be coming up in the future. Analysts are also looking at hybrid metrics. So financial analysts want to, um, they bring together uh, financial metrics with sustainability metrics to create these hybrid metrics that tell them who, who's going to be the winners and who are going to be the losers, who's trending the right way. And that will, be, that will determine who gets um, you know, the most attractively priced capital. So this is a, a big deal. It's real and um, there's a lot more happening beyond just the environmental sphere. Clearly there's supply chain practices, modern slavery, diversity and inclusion, workforce education, transparency, paying fair taxes, and so on. There's a big list out there. It's hard to see any reason why that's going to slow down. It will only accelerate. So there has to be urgency around corporate responses to this trend to purpose. And I also want to talk about, uh, just take a step back and talk about the bigger shift. There's been a lot of commentary around, I guess, a uh, a move or a pivot of companies away from a shareholder first model to a stakeholder capitalism model. Now they're kind of sort of the same thing in my mind, it's just the question of time frames, but let, let's just sort of play it through. In the old world, we didn't need to think that much about stakeholders because you know, we lived in this big expansive planet um, that, that uh, you know, re our resources seem pretty endless. But now we're in a new world where it's a very crowded, connected and resource strained place that we live in. Um, and therefore, we can't behave like we have in the past. 
So it's common sense that in this new world, that looking after the, the relevant stakeholder groups to your business is going to be core to your long-term and sustained profitability. Now that's not a wacky idea because um, just yesterday I read in the AFR, um, Michael Cheney, the third chair of West Farmers, was uh, pushing that idea as well. So was Yasmin Allen, who's on several boards. So it's, it's a pretty commonly accepted idea now. It's not a, a way out there thing. Investors are looking for financial and social sustainability in the companies they choose. In other words, it's about delivering a purpose profitably and the idea that profits flow when you are delivering great value for society, which is a shift away from the idea that we focus on profits, we prioritise profits, and we have our CSR activities, our giving, our community investments there to help mitigate risk. We're really flipping it around. Purpose is the focus and the profits will flow rather than focus on profits and maybe give a bit back or minimise harm. We've seen recently in, uh, in the US um, a small investor, Engine Number 1, which held 0.02% of Exxon's stock. They gained enough support from larger institutions to get three seats on the Exxon board. They didn't get it just because they said, Exxon, you're doing bad things. What they were playing out was saying, well, Exxon, you do not have a clean energy transition strategy. Therefore, as shareholders, we're at risk of losses and missing opportunities. So that was the strategy behind um, that approach and why they got so much support. In other words, what they're saying is, um, financially, maybe you are making a profit, but even that was declining for Exxon. And socially, you're unsustainable. So you need to turn that around. An example of a company doing socially good things but not delivering financially is Danone, the French dairy giant, and the executive chair there was ousted recently because the financial side wasn't keeping up. So just be clear, we're not saying to anyone abandon the idea of making profits. What we're saying is you've got to have both elements going hand in hand. And uh, we could talk for a lot longer on this, but Unilever would be one of the standout examples. It's done this really, really well, but that's another conversation. So to rephrase this, the shift is from uh, a shareholder first model, because that's one that's failing, to one which is the stakeholder capitalism model, where we look after relevant stakeholder groups, because that's going to feed in to making our, when we deliver our purpose, that'll make us um, the profits and give us market or competitive advantage. So it's fair to say, in summary, that doing enough is not enough these days. You've got to do more than enough companies have to help solve the issues we're facing. So that's the big shift, and I'm sure you're very aware of that. What are the implications? Well, I want to give you five. There's much more than five, but I want to give you five key implications. Implication number one, it's around mindset. So if you're partway into thinking about this, then it's critical you get everyone on the same page, especially in your executive, director, and leadership ranks. People need to know what's driving this. And it may take several conversations. It won't just be a single conversation or presentation or something else. It means that you're taking purpose into the core of your, your business. It will help you set strategy. It will help define some, a lot of things you do and don't do rather than being some peripheral or airy-fairy concept that it uh, might have been treated like in the past. 
The uh, chair of IAG, Elizabeth Bryan, is very strong on this. They've been, um, I guess, in this purpose mode for several years now, and she's on record of saying, look, you've got to give it 110%. You can't give it any less. So I'd say if your CEO is not keen on purpose, there's probably no point moving forward with the conversation because you just don't have the right foundations in place. Okay, mindset is implication number one. Implication number two is about responsibility. I mentioned the ASX corporate governance principles um, and the commentary around that, um, saying that responsibility and accountability sits with the board. Now, in coming up with a purpose statement or revising a purpose statement, it is a good idea to engage far and wide, and especially with your employees. But ultimately, responsibility sits with the board. I've seen employer-driven, employee-heavy processes, which is great that that engagement's happening, but if you're just coming up with something that is only about exciting employees, then you may not have that, uh, I guess, commercial aspect kicking in as well. Investors are going to scrutinise purpose statements more closely. They already are, but they're going to only scrutinise them more closely in the future. And the big flow on from that is you'll be needing to set goals and measurement around your purpose. So instead of just having financial goals, you now have goals that have dimensions of social, environmental and economic proportions. So the board will be needing to set and be responsible for these. Now, I don't see many companies in that mind frame at the moment. While a lot have committed to purpose, no one is putting out clear measures or the things they're expecting to achieve in this space. So new capabilities will be needed. There'll be new languages and new skills needed. Um, if there's one company I could point to um, in the education space, Pearson does really well because their customers are a lot of schools and, and I guess government entities. And uh, Pearson knows that it has to deliver educational outcomes if it wants to have a, a prosperous and profitable business. So it's focusing on those outcomes, knowing that the profits will follow. So that's implication number two, responsibility. And that raises some big I think governance questions there. Number three is about resilience, or I should say improved resilience. I think having a clear purpose is really useful in volatile and difficult times. In fact, it's a no-brainer to help you get through those uncertain times. Data is showing and anecdotal experience is showing that purpose-based firms or purpose-driven firms performed better during the pandemic. Now, why? It's because they are more advanced in their thinking about partnerships and developing partnerships and relationships outside their traditional supply chains. So that allowed them to respond quite quickly to the changing circumstances and what was going on when the pandemic hit. It's also purpose is going to help drive productivity through culture, attraction and retention of staff. And younger generations these days will forego money for a purposeful company or working environment. It's also a great lens for innovation. So Mars Pet Care, for example, refashioned its purpose as a better world for pets. So it went from a company that was making just products and then into the services space by virtue of this, I guess, reframe of its purpose because a better world for pets also means veterinary services and a whole range of other products that might flow from that. So that's quite a, a successful, I, I think, strategic shift based on purpose. So that's resilience, uh, or you, we should say resilience and prosperity 
in, in the, the one breath. Implication number four, courage will be needed. This ain't going to be just a, a cakewalk. Many companies are certainly selling off um, what are currently profitable businesses because they don't see them as being sustainable longer term. If we look in the, the carbon or environmental space, we see AGL splitting into good company, bad company. We see BHP divesting fossil fuel assets and going into more into, I guess, food sustainable food production. We see the, the Danish um, transport company Maersk um, divesting its drilling assets to focus on what it knows um, is a more sustainable business. So there's certainly going to be some courage needed for companies and businesses and businesses like yours to think about there may be some things that we will need to stop doing in the short or medium term. And that will take courage. But the flip side is innovation. And I mentioned the, the Mars pet care example. A better world for pets takes them into a very high growth market of, of veterinary services. And the fifth invocation after courage um, is congruence. You have to do what you say you're doing. So this has purpose, has flow and effects. Um, it's how you do business. It's, it's your brand. It's about improving your culture and your internal actions and the values and behaviours that exist internally have to match what people are seeing externally. People are pretty good, whether they're employees or customers or people, members of the community, they're pretty good at figuring out when those mismatches exist. Some companies have found that out in a very hard way, particularly when, say, the marketing department might have got hold of purpose and thought, here's a quick win, and then realised it didn't really have the, uh, I guess, the, the depth of process or the foundations there to back it up. And just to be clear, if anyone thinks purpose and the transformation around that is a, is a one-year program or a three-year journey, um, just be aware it's a much longer term journey than that. It's a journey that will probably never end, but it is transformational to be starting on that journey. So I'd advise you to be ensuring that, uh, I guess, to the best of your ability, that uh, this is a conversation that's going on in your organisation. So to summarise, um, the key takeaways are purpose is really about benefit to society that companies create. ESG and purpose are not quite the same thing. Um, they're related, but they're, you know, one is a benefit and the other is a set of risk factors. Um, there's a lot of urgency here. Don't stand in the way of this trend. You'll get knocked over pretty quickly. And there's a big shift going on, which is around from, I guess, less harm in business to actually co-creating solutions with society. And those implications, again, the five implications quickly around mindset, being on the same page, Responsibility will sit with the board and you've got measurement issues there which will only get more acute in the future. Resilience, this is a no-brainer to help your organisation navigate through volatile times. Courage will be needed and you need congruence between what you say you're going to do and what you're actually doing. So I hope these conversations are playing out and happening in your organisation. This shift is real, it's fast, um, it's great if you can get on the right side of the trend because if you are not on this pretty soon, I think it might be too late for many companies, this will help you respond effectively to changing market environments as well. You can contact me on phil at philpreston.com.au or you can visit my business website, businesspurposeproject.com. Thanks to the GRCI for having me on to do this podcast and all the best to you. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute. 
and the music was produced by Rob Neary.